Rise and stretch. Thank you for this cup of coffee for I don't know why I need to get up. I'm San Canessa, welcoming you to Survival Kit for the Mental. Squeezing your mind and gut tightly from somewhere in the Southwest. I'm a visual artist, peer wellness specialist, neurodiversity activist, bipolar queer human from El Salvador. Gratitude for my friends and family who continue to help me make sense of this life and the voices in my head that guide me through. Thank you for joining this space dedicated to peer literacy in which we create tools to survive these mental times. May we have the courage to play and doubt everything. Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome to an inspirational Sunday of Fuck It. Fuck It is my motivational speech of the week, and welcoming you to a solo episode in which I get to rant and prance around existence and interesting topics regarding my mental health, which might somehow make you feel less alone and misunderstood. So two fun facts that I need to come clean about before I enter a state of enlightenment is that I'm kind of worried because my dog ate a quiche and apparently onions are really toxic and she's definitely been under the weather today. So I've been putting some Buddha of the medicine, Buddha de la medicina mantra, so she feels a little bit better, a.k.a. I don't have to take her to the vet. So we'll see what happens with that one. The next bit is around my new move. I don't know if you know, but I tend to move quite a lot. I don't really have a hometown. Bueno, El Salvador is my hometown, but I'm not really a local anywhere. I'm more of a visitor. But what comes with me everywhere I go is my art studio. I'm a minimalist, so I have very few clothes and attempt to reduce my shoe collection, which always seems to pile up. But aside of that, I carry myself very minimally. And here comes then my artwork and my art studio, which is the thing that I carry everywhere. And that everywhere I go, I find a corner or a room in which I can work. That has always been the reason of my selection of materials, which has actually been a blessing and a place of great expansion and creativity and commitment to being local with the tools and mediums that I use. I work with this paper that I love and acrylic inks, and those are my weapons of production that I take everywhere. 
So I'm getting ready to move again with that said, and I have been living in Colorado for the last eight or nine months, and I'm now transferring my cute ass to New Mexico. In Santa Fe or a little bit outside of Santa Fe will be my next destination. I have not managed to escape the winter land, but I keep following my heart and my feet and the desire to create new paths and new habits and new neuropathways to continue to grow and expand out of my own comfort zone and beliefs as an artist. I'm definitely trying new things in both the peer work and the artwork. I am attempting to form part of some community or organization in which I can offer my peer support services, which is very exciting. I look forward to the structure and also the experience while in container because holding space for those in recovery is something that you get good at. You're not born with the skills to do it, right? There's so many different cases and spaces and landscapes that you get to explore and learn how you can be of service, right? Even if in really hard times, all you can do is share resources because you yourself can't be the one that helps someone directly come out of or go into what they need to. So that's pretty awesome. I found this mentoring program that I'm applying to, so we'll see. And then with the art, um, I have for the first time experienced a consistency in practice in the studio. I'm there every day doing my little do's and I'm now, you know, collecting and surrounded by a very interesting body of work and I feel proud of my commitment and yeah, commitments. The pandemic has definitely been a year of understanding and awakening and dedicating my life to my commitments which at times has been fucking boring and at times has been so exciting and I feel feel good to know that I'm really committed to this artist way for myself you know for my mental health and for my sense of worth and for my tool you know it's such a tool to navigate my mental health and such a meditation practice and such a rewarding relationship where you know my work is my best friend and that's pretty epic it's taken like six years I think now I started painting daily when I was 27 now I'm 32 so yeah five years and some things remain the same and some things have definitely 
changed. So those are another couple of disclaimers. I'm still also experiencing my first full winter, which is, God, I do not understand why people would do this forever or do this years in a row. I am very happy that I am completing my first full winter, but it's definitely not something that I look forward to embarking many years of my life. So blessed be the spring that is slowly showing its petals and feminine forms of sprouting. Um, yeah, so grateful for that. And around the mental health this week, let's get to it. I was so blown away because in my sphere, I don't know if you know, but there's this culture around a concept and a way of understanding humans called human design. And I've been surrounded by people who are like doing their charts and understanding themselves a little bit more. And hence, I've gotten the opportunity to understand more about myself or be curious about certain aspects of myself. I can't fully go in detail around what human design is because I'm not currently taking a class nor know, but there are many Google engines out there that can lead you if you're interested in somewhat, if you're the kind of person that you like astrology or you like, yeah, astrology, you probably could potentially be very into human design. And if you don't like astrology, you might also be interested in human design because it is different. But there are skeptics, and I respect that. But give what I learned a chance. So as I was looking at my chart, you know, I was realizing that when I envision or when I am exploring my dreams or when I am, you know, trying to seek inspiration or a sense of direction or a sense of purpose, I have, because of my history, her story, have always destroyed things in order to understand where I'm going. I have always related to illness when it comes to action. I have understood purpose through undergoing sorrow or loss. And I've understood where things belong after I've lost all sense of belonging. And this might be a bipolar thing and I'd be very curious to make this global bipolar survey in which I could understand like how people with bipolar, where their sense of direction and purpose comes from, whether it comes from a place of limitless potential and congruency and a place of um, whoa, a bunch of deer just went by and destroyed all the wood that I was trying. That's pretty cool. Sorry. So 
um, yeah, to know where when we have in harness and see a project or an intention, where does it come from? Does it come from a place in which we're trying to fix something? Does it come from a place of wholeness and um, possibility and health? You know, let's focus in between health and illness. And where are you manifesting and where are you creating and where are you moving from? Like, what is the source? And so with this design thing, I, I learned, like, I'm a person that really um, creates what they think, as everyone is. We create our thoughts and our thoughts create a reality. And so what are those internal thoughts that are creating your reality? And this, you know, kind of segues into mindfulness and all this stuff. But what I learned about myself was that I know how to create from a place of destruction. I know how to recreate and imagine when I'm in a place of illness. So when I'm in a place of health, and ease and abundance, I don't know what to do. And it's not stagnancy and it's not laziness. It's just a complete loss of direction because the factors that propel me into direction that I've identified my whole life with are no longer the ones telling me where to go. So this leaves me in a very new place where at that moment you know for me this was a very big deal I was like holy shit I'm kind of negative I'm gonna come out and so I was like just witnessing the level of negativity that surrounds me when it comes to life and myself and to actually notice it not even with judgment or with you know, the belief that being positive is better, but just with the observation of the careful, the careful energy that should be when I select my thoughts, because I do have the power to create my life. A lot of people, we, I'm going to include myself, but that have somewhat of a victim umbrella like we believe that the world is holding a grudge or is out to get us or the world is not really authentic or you know we have this vendetta against the world we have this degree of separation and that's more than likely because we have some childhood trauma but when you start to recognize that the world is of service. That the world actually doesn't care what you do, really. You know? But it is you who has the choice to no longer reside in an identity of victimhood or in an identity of revenge or in an identity of unworthiness or in an identity of not deserving your own love. That is is fantastic to tackle, to understand, 
Because once you see that within yourself, these kind of portals open up where you see all these other ways and you become a little bit more free. And all of a sudden, you are not a victim of the world. You're not a victim of the economy. You're not a victim of politics. You're not a victim of religion. You can decide when you have the awareness in what paradigms you will include your personal narrative within and in which paradigms you will remove yourself from to find others in which to locate yourself. So this is of great freedom. And this sounds very simple and kind of like, or maybe it doesn't sound simple, but it is so big sometimes, especially when you are, you know, extremely identified with mental illness and, you know, haven't made the leap to neurodiversity. Like I'm someone, I've been using the word and I've heard the word neurodiversity since 2014 when I was in school in CIIS. And it's taken me years and it's still a process for me to move to neurodiversity and leave mental illness narrative behind. You know, not even my doctors use the term neurodiversity. No cult, there's not really a culture around me that knows the word neurodiversity. So it's very easy for me to forget it. To forget that I have the freedom to identify with whatever it is I want to identify. That I have the freedom to identify with neurodiversity and not with mental illness. And this goes back to the thoughts that you have the freedom when you recognize and realize that you have the freedom to not be attached to your negative thoughts, but also that you, if you desire, you can be attached to your positive thoughts or attached to learning how to make positive thoughts. And that is groundbreaking when you start practicing and recognize how there's this new, freer way to move within your economy, within your family, within your relationships, within your community, within your tribe, within your organization, within whatever it is. And this is the only thing we have a little bit of control over in this extremely uncertain time. Because to be honest, we've never had control over anything, but especially now with this pandemic and it's still going like, and the politics and everything, like do we really have control? We don't, sorry to break it to you. Hence why people love things like astrology and human design because it's validating, because somehow it helps us thrive and sometimes even survive times and periods and aspects of our lives that make no sense. So they're all tools, folks. They're all tools for us to create new neural pathways. And that is the hardest shit ever because we are creatures of habit. And, you know, that's why meetings and support groups really are so powerful and you know, in groups of um, 
study, study groups, um, any kind of group. So you can feel and be find yourself supported by a collective because the challenge of shifting our neurodynamics is no joke. So I don't want to bring this to you with any lightness, but I do wish to bring this you this to you with excitement because I'm excited today. It's, it's just been a good day and um, I just feel so extended and expanded by my bravery around doing things that I never do, like sending an email to a gallery or organization. And it doesn't even matter what happens because what's exciting is that I'm doing things I didn't do before and that that is a jewel. So I'm celebrating with myself and for myself and I find it an honorable cause that I can share this with you this Sunday. It's a Sunday rant day. Next Sunday we'll be joined by who knows who, but I'll have another guest for you. I don't know how that's going for the listener, but I'm really enjoying the practice of sharing space and holding space and guiding space and interviews and bringing forth peer literacy and different content for those in recovery and, you know, continual neurological, neurodiverse navigation. Be there as it may, I will dedicate this week to being as calm as possible around things that I'm unable to control and be as thoughtful as possible and intentional in what I'm in, you know, at everything that I do and be totally okay with the things that I can't get around to do and do the things that I can well. So stretch and relax and enjoy your Sunday. Thank you for witnessing me, witnessing myself, and witnessing you in some way or another because I feel you. A lot of love. Till next time. Thank you.